welcome back how are you it's been it's been a long time i know it has been a while thanks for having me i'm doing well um, yeah you invited yourself i did i did actually <laughs> I actually was, I actually was gonna reach out to you like next week because I yeah, gave you two right. weeks of this. Yeah, I, I was. I had to, I have to fight to be invited, man. <laughs> I'm I gotta... so tired. I'm so tired of this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to get invited to things these days. Holy, like what to go to Paris with Jordan Brand? <laughs> no, I'm out here busting my ass. You know, working every day, working, hoping. That, you know, someone will recognize me. And then sometimes you just have to knock on the door and be like, hey, excuse me, I'm here too. Yeah, for young young creatives um, listening, that is your first piece of advice (laughs) today. Sometimes you just have to knock on those doors and just kick kick them down yourselves. Is is that the type of advice we're going to be getting today from you? I think that um, that works sometimes for sure. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 other times you gotta exercise patience. I think that's a big big value to take away for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on this week because yeah, I'm man, talking to you. different people about mm-hmm. sports media, and you know you manage co manage you you do a lot of the scores social media, especially Instagram and TikTok, and you obviously manage a really large audience. How long have you been doing that now for? So been about. Um... Three years with Instagram, and then we started TikTok back in August, so late summer last year. And TikTok was that something that you um, like brought to the company, or was it something that they brought up? Yeah, it was something that I started to notice, kind of picking up as a trend, um, and I brought it to the table. Luckily, it was still early days. Uh, I just thought of it as kind of something that reminded me of like early days Instagram where you noticed a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity. And I didn't want us to fall behind and, and let that window close. Yeah. So, you know, I have some experience too, you know, running, uh, you know, managing Instagram and Twitter on game days for Yahoo sports Canada. And I've told you this many times, you know, I just, I've borrowed, you know, all my Instagram skills from studying you. (laughs) Um, so, you know, maybe today I can contribute, um, you know, some insight on the Twitter side, because I'm sure you'll agree, because I think there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. getting into the industry now Mm -hmm. to do uh, social media, like it's not just writing, like there's video now, like you're doing video, like I'm doing video. Um, you know, only one of us has a a Jordan sneakers in the back, but you know, that's uh, neither here or there. Oh, whatever, Um, your sneaker closet's crazy. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, but, but the thing is, I feel like. You know, obviously, someone coming into this industry is not necessarily going to start by managing, say, the social media accounts of, say, uh, the score mm-hmm. with a million plus followers. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they might be doing it for a team site or even a team blog or, yep. you know, just a small publication. And I feel like there's tips that we can provide that can be useful to mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So where where should we begin? I think... Um... One, you kind of start off with understanding that there's a lot of opportunity in the industry, um, in, in sports as a whole, that kind of uh, goes outside of the traditional realm. One, obviously, the umbrella being like becoming an athlete. 
obviously a lot of youngsters are aspiring to become athletes but if you love if you love sports and you're passionate about it just know that there's a ton of opportunity in in and around the world of sports all the time and to to your point like social media is one of them um and there's ways to still exercise your passion and and still be very involved knowing that especially as you know these industries develop there's going to be a ton of opportunity to still be involved with sports um in many different fun ways that might not just be the traditional ways that we've thought about in the past um and then with social media i think it's it's really about building a community and building a voice i think that's kind of like the the place to start is when you're thinking about starting in social media think about what kind of voice you want to build like what kind of tone you want to have on whatever page because it'll help guide you through the posts that you make um i think you have an incredible voice and tone especially on twitter like when you see an alex tweet like you know it's coming from you you know how do like, you know you're not even you're not even on twitter bro no man i see your tweets bro I see your tweets. I am on yeah, that's, that's, Twitter. That's that's weirding me out. Okay, but, I, have, uh, I am on Twitter. You just don't follow me, man. <laughs> are you on? Tw- I've asked you if you're on Twitter so many times. And you're it's Ash Kanye. Ash Kanye. Or right, you got to change that name because we <laughs> can't be associated. No, I know. I got to change it to Game Time Ash. Can you change on Twitter? Anyway, I'll ask yeah, you. Let's off, talk about. Off, let's off talk about this off yeah. off air. Um, but, um, so so go yeah, on go about ahead. developing the voice because I think that's mm. a really important thing. Yeah, for sure. So. I think with a voice comes just like a, a path in, in general. Like when you have a tone and you have a way of engaging with your audience, it, it's important to one, like humanize it and make it as personable as possible. People hate hate knowing there's like robots on the other side of the page. People don't want pages to feel like there's a robot running it, essentially. So you want to humanize it with whatever language, you know, obviously like, uh there's boundaries depending on the page that you're running but there's there's ways to stick with on within those boundaries and b- build out a tone and a voice that really resonates with your audience and humanizes it and personalizes it or and makes it personable where people are like damn there's a there's a human being on the other side of this and I'm connecting with that human being and they're speaking the same language as me um and that's key how would you describe the score's voice on social i think the score's voice is very like um raw i I would say kind of edgy but not too edgy we're not bar stool sports but we're we're not espn either where it's kind of like you know suits and and just sticking like within these very well confined boundaries ours our boundaries are further out and it's easier to like be funny be sarcastic um you know speak with a tone that uh the younger generation recognizes and understands um not not shying away from trends in language that might be on instagram and on twitter um you know saying things like af or fr for for real um keeping it like like letting them know that you're not you're not forcing it but that you're a part of that uh audience like you're one of them and that you just happen to be on the other side of this page um and that's kind of what i try and do with the score is really 
keep it fun, entertaining, um, at times corny, for sure. I think everybody has their corniness, but um, that's kind of what makes it personable. But I would just say, like, ultimately raw and not afraid to be a part of the crowd and, like, and like understand that I'm a part of that audience same way that, you know, if I wasn't running this page and I'd be looking at these captions, I'd be able to connect with that language and with that tone. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing I think you've achieved – with the score is just a consistency over time, right? Like right. consistency of all the things that you just mentioned above. And I think that's a really good point too. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, um, you know, you don't want to sound like a person that's like trying too hard. Yeah. Like I think, I think people are smart enough on social media now that yeah. they can sniff that out right away. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing I would add to that is um, especially, you know, the difference between running like a personal account versus mm-hmm. doing it for a publication is like you really have to be aware of the audience a lot more yeah. Um, and like the people who are following the account. So the example I'll use is so last year is when I started, um, you know, managing the Twitter account on yeah. uh, during Raptors games for Yahoo Sports Canada. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first night that I took over the account. One of the first tweets that I sent, it might have been the first tweet, because they had uh, the Raptors that signed Jeremy Lin. And I had made this joke about yeah. how, oh, man, they got Jeremy Lin. The, the championship parade is going to go through Pacific Mall now. Um, and, and like for someone that like follows me like personally on Twitter, like that's something that would hit like on the yeah. personal account because they know it's me. I'm an Asian and they know I love Jeremy Lin and all yeah. that stuff. Like there's the context. But I sent that tweet out and there was no context, right? Like at the time, obviously, a lot of people didn't know that I was the one running the account. And I started getting these replies of like, hey, you can't say that. Like that's, uh, you know, that's racist and things like that. Because they didn't know it was an Asian behind the account, which was perfectly fair. And that was probably one of maybe the only tweet that I've ever had to delete from from the account. And that was like a very early lesson. Early lesson. Mm -hmm. Early. And it it was like, Mm -hmm. it's not that you have to lose your voice. Or like you mentioned, like speak like a robot or or things like that. But there's just a lot more things you have to be aware of when you're representing a a company or you're tweeting from a company account or posting from an IG account, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you have to be aware of the fact that um, professionalism is still key. There's been a ton of times where people might, uh, I wouldn't say be offended, but, you know, they might call out uh, certain uh, language or or things um i feel as though as long as it's not offending anybody um and you know outlandish and like you know i'm not using swear words and things like that then it's uh, professionalism is like really a point it's also subjective too you know, like what's professional to a 15 year old is different than what's professional to like a 40 year old that might be viewing something on the page. Um, and that's why I say like boundaries are key. And as long as those boundaries are like, you know, concrete and you know what you're not supposed to do when you're doing when you're running a, a, a corporate page, then you could still have fun within those boundaries and remind yourself that professionalism is is kind of it's subjective and like a a kid might be laughing at a caption that i wrote but someone in an older age might hate it uh, and find it cringe um but it really just depends 
Uh, but lessons learned, man, like early lessons are, are key to the whole process. And sometimes those lessons come later and it hurts when you know that you should have known better or done better. Yeah. And, you know, just because like the amount of content that you're pushing out on social, like you're going to make those mistakes. Yeah. For sure. um, and, and they're going to be honest mistakes. Like it's not things like you said that you're trying to go out of your way to be inappropriate or, or controversial or, you know, anything of that nature. Do you find with the score, um, like, do you see the demographic? Like, is it a lot younger, you know, audience that, that are like following you guys on social media? Yeah, I would say um, in terms of age demo, it falls anywhere between like 18 to 30. We definitely have the youngins who are below the age of 18. Um, and there's like a healthy amount of them. But I would say the average age falls within that like 12 year like span, 18 to 30. Um, so adults, but like young adults. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you're not, like you mentioned too, like you're not going to make everyone happy. No, like people definitely. are always going to be upset. And, and I think the mm -hmm. demographic split contributes a, a lot to that. Um, I wanted to ask you too, and you know, this is not to kind of, you know, uh, throw anyone that you work with under the bus or things like that. But I do feel like in general, in the industry, uh, especially when it comes to social media, there's a huge divide between like the younger and, and older people mm -hmm. in the industry, like older people just simply don't understand a lot of uh, the social media stuff that you do. Yeah. and that i do um i'm wondering if you've ever had any difficulty or challenges of having to like explain the social media stuff that you do um you know for people that you might work with who might not understand it yeah i mean uh, one thing that i will say is like thankfully i've been put in a position where where my team is very like open um with especially like on the social and marketing side to to learning um and just becoming aware and like they kind of put it in my hands to be able to provide those lessons um so even if at first there might be uh you know they might not understand something like the opportunity is still there for me to properly explain it and and give them like a lens into what I'm trying to do. And most of the time, like as long as there's logic behind it, then it's definitely like everybody comes on board because ultimately it's a, it's a situation where people are like, it's your domain, like teach us, like show us the way type thing, you know, um, which has been great. But I can understand how that challenge might arise um, in this industry and in social media as a whole when you have companies where you know an older demographic might be the ones holding the reins and you're trying to get them to hop on a trend that you think makes sense for your company and then they don't really understand it so it's kind of like they they just like pass it and that that could be frustrating because you want to take advantage of trends and opportunities that arise if they fit especially because you know what kind of traction you can get um i you know in, in the past for us one like i, I do want to shout out like the team in general um the cool thing about social is like most of the guys are very um like young and and savvy like social savvy i mean um and young at heart in general even if they are older they they are open to like understanding what's going on 
but in the past man like i've been at companies where i've i've done social and i've been trying to explain things and they just don't get it nor do they care nor do they want to see past whatever lens they're looking in so it, that is all about like if you truly believe in an idea you have to be persistent and try and be as logical in your explanation and simplify it as best as you can and if it still doesn't get through then i'm sorry you might have to take an l with your idea but if you simplify it and you and you try and explain it as logically as you can and you still can't get through then that's just like i i don't know maybe maybe it's not the right fit then for you yeah you know i mentioned earlier how i study a lot of what you do on mm -hmm. social um you know what what would you suggest? I mean, maybe, you know, whatever your own approach is or what you would suggest to people who are trying to do this, um, maybe specific accounts, you know, aside from the score that, you know, you would suggest kind of, you know, not, not modeling after, but kind mm -hmm. of checking out and studying to, to, you know, kind of keep up with what, um, you know, social media trends or how things are being yeah. uh, aggregated and posted, uh, you know, in sports media. What would you suggest to, to those people? I think um, some of the best accounts to look at are the third party um, accounts that aren't of organizations at times. So it's just like individuals who are running sports based accounts. A lot of the times those accounts are like NBA and basketball specific. And the cool thing about those accounts and the people behind them is that they are on top of the trends and they are on top of the opportunities. So right away, and that's kind of where I started to really like pick up on TikTok is I started noticing these young kids running like Hoops Nation and Dunk um, who are taking advantage of those different platforms or doing like cool trends. I, I have a connection with an individual who was um handling dennis rodman's page back in the day and dennis rodman is notoriously known for um single words and then period and then single word period and his weird way of writing um and it was really this guy that was behind it and that turned into a trend now you see like whenever there's a dennis rodman post like people write their their comments like that um or another trendy thing that he did is he figured out how to make a completely blank caption um and everyone was like how do you do that how do you do that and that turned like at first he wasn't divulging it and he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until there was so much interest that he started teaching people how to do it and then as i went on different accounts i noticed people post like doing that same comment and that same caption and i i looked to these um individual independent third-party accounts as kind of trendsetters because they just have a knack for getting in front of the crowd and also under like really delving into the platforms and understanding like what makes growth happen um and i pay attention to a lot of those accounts and i'll connect with those guys and just pick their brain or just keep those connections alive because i know like if those connections are healthy then they'll put me on to opportunities when they arise and and it's good to have that kind of camaraderie because ultimately in like this field, the more people, you know, sorry for the language, but it's more people that fuck with you, um, the easier it becomes to like one, get content and two, understand what trends are going on. 
Yeah. So, so would you agree with me that, you know, for people that want to get into social media and managing and running these mm-hmm. types of accounts, that part of the job description is to spend the time to, to kind of understand what's going on, you know, not just, you know, at your own company, but just paying attention to trends, right? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think even more so now than ever, companies kind of look at you to say to look at your personal accounts and see what you've done on those accounts or if you manage any other pages that might be yours and see um, how much success you've had with them. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, I'll use myself as an example. Like that's how yeah. Yahoo reached out to me because, you know, they were familiar with the personal accounts that I was running mm-hmm. and, you know, they liked the tone and the voice of it and they just wanted it to translate. And one of the things that they were really good with was basically telling me just, you know, do what you do. And obviously you're not going to, I think there's always a collaborative process. When you're working for a company, it's not always just going to be hands off and, you know, you do what you want. But um, I think important for people to know, too, is like, don't lose that. Right. Like when you are working for a company or running a brand's account is, you know, you still want to keep that voice. And, And I feel like. Like with you as an example, like, you know, when I consume your your personal account content versus when I see on the score, like there's not much of a difference, right? Yeah, um, that's that's I think one of the key things and one of the pieces of advice I'll give to people is never fall off like your personal brand, um, especially if you've developed it and you get an opportunity to work with a company like still pay attention to your stuff, man, because at the end of the day. You never know what can happen. I think um, COVID is actually a great example of that. This this pandemic happened out of nowhere. A lot of people, unfortunately, were out of jobs um, at different places and different companies. Um, and when you have your own thing going on and you let it go for the sake of another company or like if you don't co- continue to like you know, let it, let it grow and pay attention to it. Then the day that you leave that company for whatever reason it might be, you're going to kind of regret not really honing into your own stuff and, and building that out. Um, and it's important to, to stay focused on your own work too. And that, that's not taking away from, you know, the level of commitment that you have to a company and how much time and effort you put in. You could always make time and effort for your own stuff too, is what I'm saying. And 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 stay focused on that because you you really have your own stuff at the end. That's what you're left with. So, no, I second that completely. You know, being having freelance for most of my career, yeah. like yeah. you know, everything that I do, you know, I want to make sure that you know it falls under me. You know, that, yeah, that people know when I'm writing a story here or writing a story there, or if I'm doing social, that it's very consistent with everything that I do. Yes, um, I, exactly. I, I think maybe the thing is that you know. And again, this is not to take away from like companies or, or you know, places mm-hmm. that you work for, mm-hmm. but it, I think you, you nailed it on the head saying that, you know, if, if that company were to fold tomorrow, you need to know that you still have something Yeah, um, that you still have a brand or you still have a yeah. recognition online that you can stand behind yourself. And a lot of times you can use the fact that, um, you know, say I'm working for Yahoo or, or you're working with a score, you can use that to amplify your own voice. Yes. Right. Like, like you can do both things at the same time. And like, I think you're a really good example because people around, you know, the industry, like they know you as much as they know the score. So, um, 
I think you're a really good example of that. I know I had asked you, um, you know, to maybe throw out some things that people might not think about, but should when they're running a, an account for a brand or, or a company. Um, I know you already touched on a bunch of things. I don't know if there's anything specific else that you wanted to mention. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I think we have touched on, but I just want to be very clear about it is consistency. Um, consistency is key. Uh, consistency in the cadence that you post, consistency in tone, consistency in really keeping up with the same effort that you have because outside of your company and you know your bosses and and the people that are essentially evaluating you the people that are really evaluating you is your audience as well and if you have built an audience um they they have an expectation from you to keep giving them the news and the things that they care about especially in the sports world Sports world is a 24-hour news cycle. Things are happening all the time. Um, I think Kawhi leaving Toronto was a perfect example of that. People woke up, next thing you know, he was in, in LA, right? Um, and if you're not consistent in giving people what they want, then you will fall off, and you'll fall off quick. People have an expectation to get their information from you, to whether they want to laugh, whether they want to keep it serious, whether they want to be informed, whether they want to be aware of what's going on. Um, even, you know, now with everything that was going on with the protest, one of the things that we take very seriously was amplifying the message of the community and black athletes. Um, and I think we've done a really good job of doing that in the past, but staying authentic to that and keeping that up. It's like these voices need to be heard and you need to stay consistent in that. Um, and that and like keep that going um because that is an is an expectation and that's what the audience falls in love with is that consistency yeah and, you know i will add that you know i think consistency and just timeliness too right yeah like in terms of delivering the content in a manner you know as long while the conversation is happening yes um about a particular thing online like because mm -hmm you know better than me there's very specific and quick uh kind of news cycle turnover mm -hmm. where you know if you don't get something up you know and at you know midnight or when something happens if you get that up at eight in the morning the conversation's already moved on yeah um, a, a lot of times so i think that's specific more to like you mentioned um you know people who might be running their own kind of third-party accounts or trying to build up their own accounts yeah. as a kind of a landing spot for news uh, and things of that nature um it's just a grind man like i don't do the social media stuff obviously uh full time but just like from observing it and being involved yeah. in the industry like especially if you're just getting started like you're just gonna have to devote a lot of time and effort into building that trust with the audience right yeah exactly i i think you nailed it right there it's building trust with the audience for sure um any other specific tips before we move on to some of these other things um i think we've we've basically covered it um i think another thing is when you're working for a company is like don't be afraid of feedback man like you you don't know everything um that that's why you have a team um like, like i said before luckily at, at the score that social team is is pretty robust man and there, there are some great people 
and we always share stuff with one another to get multiple eyes on it um obviously timeliness matters but there when there's like important stuff going on we'll all share our feedback and and take feedback seriously because ultimately it will open your eyes to things that you may have missed and you know help you and what you're doing just continuously get better um i think it's easy to stagnate if you're not taking feedback seriously yeah you know one of the things i notice about you know people who use social media is you know a a lot of people have uh, a particular focus on having their content go viral yeah um what do you think because i feel like there are a lot of people who might just focus on that a little bit too much um Mm. What do you think about that in terms of, say, you know, uh, pushing content or, or looking at content that you think might go viral versus just focusing on putting out quality content, right? I think quality content is key. Uh, viral is just like, I don't even know what that really is anymore. Um, I think it's about, it's funny, like some of the <laughs> the biggest posts that we've had have been the simplest graphics you can imagine um things that like i think timeliness is a big factor of that uh but really it wasn't it wasn't something where i'm like this is gonna be it like this is gonna be the post that blows up um and it blows up and i think instead of thinking about you know big picture going viral focus on simplicity and simplifying your message um, and, and social media is all about simplifying. Um, if you look at Twitter, like the whole point of it at first was 140 characters. You simplify that message. Captions. Nobody likes reading long captions when you're posting on Instagram. Try and tell, you know, the message that you want to get across in, in as little words as possible. Um, and those are really the, the things that go viral. Um Sometimes it's unexpected, but I think the underlying factor is simplifying the message uh, as much as possible and people ingest it. It's snack size and it's better um, and it's easier for people. And I think from my experience, that's really been what's what's made things go viral, quote unquote. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously with you managing the, the scores account, um, what about dealing with just the Internet community, right? Um, you get a lot of comments, you have a lot of trolls, and you mentioned that, you know, basically this, the account becomes a community uh, of people who want to engage with the content. Um, how do you deal with those, those things and, and managing the community? Um, I, I really uh, manage the community when people get out of line. I don't typically like to censor people. I think everybody's obligated to their own opinion. Um, as long as people aren't out of line, and offending and really like, you know, going after others, um, then I don't necessarily like manage the community, quote unquote. But what will happen is like, you know, um, let's say if someone makes a comment that is just not facts or that is an attack on us, um, Very simply, I'll answer their comment with the fact, like whatever it might be. Um, So I think uh, you just recently posted Giannis, like a video of Giannis with his wife. And I said, Giannis got jokes now. And 
one person was like, the only joke is um, him losing, being up 3-0. And that was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, that's not factual. Like, I don't know what you're trying to say. Um, so I just responded. I'm like, when did that happen? And and then the community just kind of regulates itself from there. Uh, there isn't a lot that you really need to do except just, you know, ask a question and then everybody will just kind of deal with it. it it's interesting that the, the when you build a large community, you have a lot of trolls and then you have a lot of very like bright and logical people that will kind of regulate the community for you um, because they're they're so involved with the brand and they love it and, and they won't let anybody bash you for any reason. In this case, it was Giannis getting bashed. So it was whatever, but there are times where people come start attacking us or make like comments that are like trolly people just kind of deal with that for us. We don't even need to really do anything, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Go down, just get out my popcorn and watch it happen. (laughs) So it's not something that stresses you out. No, no. Um, the only thing that stresses me out is like a blatant mistake um, that, you know, that I've left up for too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I, long I, I know you. Those, like those would, yeah, those would eat away at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, man. And people, people are, they don't like, they'll tell you right away. No one's like nice about it. Like they'll, they're waiting for you to make a mistake. Even if it's like the most innocent mistake, they'll like come after you. But I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's a part of the, uh, the job and you just have to adjust and you learn your lessons and you make sure you don't make those mistakes. Yeah. There's definitely people who are just there waiting for you to make a mistake so they can pounce on it. Yeah, That's yeah. just, I feel like the nature of people online. Yeah, definitely. Especially Instagram. I will note that about Instagram. Instagram is hilarious in that people are very angry and very negative. Yeah. You know, when I use the Twitter for Yahoo, I don't even look at the mentions um, Yeah, because I, I, I feel like it's just a one-way street. Like I'm there to deliver content and you can just consume it however you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and people engage with it and, and, and things of that nature. So I, I think there's different ways of dealing with it. I think Instagram and Twitter are very different too. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, I know that you've used the scores Instagram account and then, you know, with the, with the following that it's built up, uh, it's allowed you and, and the score to connect with athletes directly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and build relationships. I'm wondering if you have an example or something like that, that, you know, for someone that might be getting into the industry, getting into social media, you can give them an example of like how to approach, uh, an athlete or someone in an athlete's inner circle to, to build a relationship? Yeah. Um, I think one, it's important to definitely be professional, but be yourself. Um, I think athletes, the athletes are humans too. And, and they are very, you know, they have their personalities and they don't want to connect with a robot and this goes back to what i was saying before about the the tone and the message like if you have a certain tone on instagram and that athlete or that or their manager follows you and then all of a sudden your tone switches when you're trying to connect with them like it throws them off too you know that they're not used to that um so be professional but be yourself and um have like a value proposition in place like 
like show them what you can do for them and how it can be valuable to them even if it's just like adding a little bit of value definitely know like what kind of value you're trying to add so and it's very clear to them um how you can help for them because ultimately with athletes like they don't they don't really need a lot you know um to get their message out you have big players in the industry that can easily that are doing interviews and are kind of mandated to do interviews anyway throughout the leagues um but if you have a a value proposition where you know you can help them do something and, and spread a message that they're trying to get across then i think that's important and while you're doing that just be professional and be yourself um and it will resonate with that athlete yeah, you know, the thing I'll add to is, you know, if you're not speaking directly to the athlete and it's someone like, you know, whether it's his manager or mm-hmm. someone in the inner circle, mm-hmm. um, you know, just figure you'll figure out really quickly, but figure out whether that person can actually deliver whatever you're proposing to the athlete. Yeah, because I find a lot of times there's a lot of conversations where, you know, this person is going to have to jump through like different hoops, um, you know, go through t- three different people. Um, you know, before the proposal, whatever content proposal is even gets in front of the athlete. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, make sure you don't waste your time too, because a lot of times, you know, you might not be talking to the right person. And that's, I feel like that's just a part of it. Like it happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it definitely happens. And, um, you know, another thing to your point is like, if you are talking to, to somebody that represents an athlete, let's say, and it is the right person, they're also they also get like super busy <clears throat> so don't be afraid to follow up and be courteous in your follow up but just follow up because it will you know push it to the top of their inbox and just remind them because a lot of the times they have so many things going on that they might just forget about it it's not a slight or a diss to you it's just like it's just natural like they forgot about it so don't be afraid to follow up until you get a yes or a no yeah and i will say too that whatever you're pitching from a content standpoint um, to make it as specific as possible and, and to cater it in a way where they can see why it's advantageous to them yeah. to, to yeah. do whatever you're doing, because there's a difference between say, Hey, uh, just come on, you know, let's, let's do an mm-hmm. IG live interview versus let's do an IG live interview and let's talk about these three specific yeah. things. Uh, yeah. letting them know specifically like what the setup is going to be and, and why that content might be beneficial to them. Exactly. Um, I wanted to wrap by talking about um, doing social at live events too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know I didn't, I don't I know. I know. I don't think I put this in the notes for you, but you know, it's second nature to you. So I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, you cover obviously, um, you know, a lot of, uh, games at NBA arenas, you know, you've done NBA finals, all-star weekends, all of that stuff. And you do a lot of different other things too, right? Like, like you do more than just basketball. I remember, where did you go for the golf event? Was it San Diego? Yeah, San Diego. Yeah. My, I told my dad about that and he was like, <laughs> he was like, why didn't you get to go? I was like, he, he was so disappointed. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I showed him the video because I think you did a video of like Tiger Woods putting or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I showed him. I'm like, yo, this is from my friend. He's like, why aren't you there? And I'm like, all right. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was still a disappointment to you. Because, yeah. you know, he's like a big golf guy, right? Yeah, I know. Like, I know. So crushed. He was like, what um, the hell? why are you showing no, me this? Why aren't you no, there? Like, 
He legit just straight up said, why aren't you there? I'm like, yeah. can you just look at the putt? He didn't even uh, say cool. He's just like, why aren't you there? Yeah. He's like, so this guy got to go like for free? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, man. Just Let's just wrap this up. Um, <laughs> I got to go, Dad. Yeah. But like, I do think, um, you know, for people doing like social media at live events, I feel like uh, there are specific things to, to kind of learn and to know. And I know I always joke about how you know you take all these videos of of you know at an nba game you'll do the pregame warm-ups the press conferences locker rooms and things like that and usually sometimes you're you know at in the media room until like two in the morning pinching the stats um and things like that but there was one time when you showed me you had an email um i think it was raptors clippers and you had the stats of like all the clippers players like most of the clippers players and most of the raptors players that you have prepped before the game yeah and I share this to make a larger point that when you're doing social at a live event, first of all, I think there's a lot of things that you only pick up from experience in terms of when you're at an arena, you know what time and where the athletes might be coming through the tunnel so you can capture them coming out, uh, where the press conferences are and things like that. But there's also a lot of pre-planning in terms of figuring out exactly what you want to do and and not just going there and freestyling, right? Would you agree? Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, there's two points I want to make. One, in terms of both points are about planning, actually. The first is um, kind of storyboard in your mind or map it out like by writing notes on what you want to post that day. Obviously, things will happen on a whim and you'll have to adjust. But like if you have a general storyboard, and that's why I make notes or have those stats because I know like what... I do want to post and that's what I'll go after. If you have that storyboard, it makes life a lot easier. Otherwise, you're scrambling. And you know, man, I'm still scrambling uh, even when I have a storyboard. So if you want to scramble less, definitely try and storyboard it and have notes ready. Another thing is that I've learned the hard way is um, understand the actual like physical place that you're at in that, you know, if you can go early to the arena how many times man have i come up to you lost in the sauce asking like where should i go for this or where should i go for that um and i've learned that the hard way it's just like definitely map out the place and understand where you need to be and where like where the players are going to come through where you know um where the entrance is to the lockers and and places that you can actually have access to Map that out and go early to try and get acquainted with it as possible. Otherwise, you'll it'll be frantic. And in that scramble, you're going to lose a lot of opportunity to get the right content. Yeah, and I think you're one of the best in terms of... Because I feel like capturing content, there's also a lot of times that, you know, you'll be doing a lot of waiting or, you know, you'll be doing a lot of, um, you know, capturing stuff on your phone. And it's a lot of things that, you know, don't get used. Um, I I always feel like, because I only do the social media stuff kind of part-time, doing social media at live events requires a lot of just exercising your patience too. Yeah. And just realizing that there's going to be a lot of those lulls or you might wait for one thing and, and, you know, not have anything that's useful uh, to post. And I feel like you have to get into a certain mindset for that too. Right. Yeah. Patience is key because, um, there's going to be times when you don't get the stuff that you had planned to get or you miss on opportunities, especially because um, you have other people in the industry 
that are also like capturing content. So sometimes you'll have like FOMO or you'll they'll they'll be in the right places and then you won't be and 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 that mentally kind of like breaks you down because you're like shoot like I missed um I'm like I'm I'm trying to think back I forget when it was I feel like it was in Charlotte with you Alex uh, All Star Weekend when oh no it was when the, the security one... threatened to fight us yeah. <laughs> We're trying to take a picture on the court, like three hours after the game was over. It's like, bro, like, what are you talking about? There's very meanwhile, meanwhile, literally everyone was on the court. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It was actually the one in LA. Um, you know when they passed the torch on from one city to another for the All Star game, right? Um, you you LA missed was, that moment, or uh, LA was passing it on to Charlotte, and Michael Jordan came to take the torch, and when that was happening this was my first event first of all um but when that was happening i realized i could have been in the tunnel where michael jordan was coming out because you have access to that event level right Mm -hmm. um and i was like damn that is such a missed opportunity to get like up close like an up close video of, of jordan um and that was one of the first lessons it's like Sometimes you you have to like you have to float around to get to the places to to be in the right place. You can't kind of be in one spot, and that's stressful. And and I was just talking about how like you'll see other other like content creators or other outlets capture that stuff, and then you realize shit like there's there's it's absolutely necessary to try and float. Um, but patience is key because you'll miss some of those opportunities. And when you do, you can't be too hard on yourself. You just have to learn your lesson and and understand how to adjust. Yeah, you know, I think it's a mix of, you know, the pre-planning, the storyboarding, but also Mm -hmm. being very flexible when you're there because, you know, uh, things things like what you just mentioned as an example are are just going to happen. And those are things that you just can't plan, uh, especially when you're backstage. And, you know, especially if you're working at a home arena and you're able to build relationships with some of the security people there and things of that nature. Because, I mean, especially here in Toronto, um, you know, I think the big social media draw a lot is when Drake shows up to games. And, you know, if you know the people there at the security, you know, they know. Um, you know, when he's coming through, where he might be coming from. Yeah. And, you know, having those relationships, I think, are really important, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're really good just... with those relationships, man. That's why I stand beside you most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just check the score account and just uh, copy what you're doing. Um... <laughs> Can't believe I'm doing a personal podcast, revealing all my secrets and losing all my jobs. Um, no, but I think it's it's just like adjusting on the fly too. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the bigger point too, for people is like when you're tasked with doing social for say the score for Yahoo or whatever company it is, you also have to think about what people would want to see because they're not there. Yeah. Right. Like, like I know that might sound second nature to us. Um, but that yeah. was something that I had to kind of figure out too, is always put yourself in the shoes of, because you know, because we've done it so much that I think it's just a usual routine for us. Yeah. But, you know, uh, specific kind of players or, you know, specific moments and things that you want to capture, y- you want people, again, to have that trust, to tune in, to know that they're going to get useful behind the scenes content, right? Yeah, um, I think that's actually a very good point is 
imagine the people who are one like everybody has access to watching the game on television or for the most part they'll be watching it in some shape or form they'll watch the game they'll watch the broadcast um and then you have to think about outside of the broadcast what kind of value can i provide to the viewers so that they get an extra little glimpse of what's going on yeah and, and you know specifically for twitter um you know when i'm running a twitter account on game day i do a lot of prep too just in terms of uh thinking about what potential storylines that might be you know i usually have like my first like three or four tweets um already like pre-planned and things like that but then obviously when the game is happening you have to react to that immediately too but i'll 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 always have like tweets or ideas or just memes that i'm like ready to send out depending on the scenario and things like that so i think it just goes back to that first point of when you're doing social especially on on a game day and at live events um you gotta show up uh prepared like I think that is so important yeah. because I've seen people just show up and, and just try to just try to figure it out. And, you know, maybe after a while you can do that. But, you know, if you really want to deliver like quality content, there has to be a lot of preparation that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. And I think it's also important to um, uh, in some shape or form, try and, and integrate your audience as much like as much as possible, as much as you can, as much as you're capable of doing in that in the little time that you have. and. Um, asking them questions and like, you know, trying to make them feel involved as much as involved as you can is good because that engagement is what keeps people coming back. Yeah. And that's um, those are all the IG polls that you do. I, I love yeah. the IG polls that you do. And no, honestly, you know, uh, none of us are going to be at an arena for like another three years. But yeah. like, you know, uh, just uh, make a note, like in three years when the score yeah. is back in an arena, like you yeah. should check out when Ash is like doing the social for a game day. I honestly think you have a very good blueprint in terms of you're really complete in your coverage. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. I can tell you're trying to tell a whole story. Um, mm-hmm. from pregame to during the game to postgame. And then you'll usually like do a sign off as well to kind yeah. of just let the people know that that wraps up the story. Bro, I, I've been yeah. studying you, man. I've been studying you for years. <laughs> um, you know, but but I, I honestly like, I, and yeah, I make yeah, notes yeah. And, I, and I make notes yeah. on those things. And I think um, that just requires, it requires a lot of work. It does. And that's why you're always there at the arena until like two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that also like goes back to what you were saying earlier about patience is like when you're when you're doing this work and like you're let's say you do a story that fully encompasses the entire game from front to back from pregame all the way to post game, And then you do a sign off and then you make that expectation for your fans and then you stop doing that then one, you, you let your fans down. And two, you're not really expressing that patience that you need to know, like, this this will end. Like, as much work as it seems it is, it will end. But, like, just do your best while you're while you're working it and, and get it out there. Like, live up to that expectation and be patient while you're doing it. And also, I, like, you know, when you're in this industry, you're working. You know what I'm saying? Like there, I'm sure there's been times when both of us have, have for a moment taken it for granted. Remind yourself never to take that shit for granted because we're lucky as hell to be at these games doing this kind of stuff. You know, as 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 hard as it might seem sometimes and as late as the nights might get, we're lucky to be watching 
you know, the finals or be at an all-star game to do this kind of work. And, and oh, I think for sure, important. man. And, and, and honestly, like having people like you and, you know, Cash and, and a lot yeah. of the other people like Will and mm-hmm. people like that, it makes it fun. And like it doesn't yeah. it makes it not feel like work. And um, I mean, you'll attest to this more than me, especially when you're doing social during a game. Like you don't really get to enjoy the game no. because you're spending the entire game just trying to capture content. And, yeah. you know, I, I got a chance to sit next to you, um, you know, in Chicago at All Star Weekend on sunday um yeah. like for the game and that was yo that was one of the most fun experiences man yeah that was, just, that just was. being just being able to you know sit next to you and stuff um you know watch the process unfold um in real life and it helped that the game was so exciting too right but like i think back and it's like man the whole time like you were capturing content you know i was doing the twitter and instagram and things like that yeah. uh, i think that's the other thing for people too man like like when you're there especially when you're doing social i think more than when you're a writer because as a writer you can watch the game make notes things like that but when you're running social like you just got to be on the whole time yeah yeah and, and, I, and that's I think tough. yeah it is tough and and you're reminded that you got to be on the whole time because you got this shit is like cutthroat man there's competitors out there that are capturing everything all the time and a lot of the times it's because they have like large teams out there doing doing the shit. So when you see their content and you're like, shit, like you don't want to miss out on anything. You want to stay competitive. It's kind of like you're 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 also playing the game, but a different kind of game all at the same time. <laughs> no, it's true though. I think the competition is really good because that's yeah. I feel like for yeah. you too, like it pushes you, right? Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah. So oh, um, man. <laughs> What's up? You tired? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like the conversations that we've had in the past where like how competitive I get about this. <laughs> and you just kind of laugh and you're like, dude, take it easy, man. Why are you getting so competitive? <laughs> you're the most competitive person I know. But honestly, um, in terms of like content, though, like I feel like it's just it's it comes from a place of passion for you, too. Yeah, definitely. Like you, definitely. you treat you treat like a like a no- November Raptors game or an <laughs> NBA Finals game the exact same. The same. And for real though, like like when you talk about consistency and things like that, you are consistent in that way, and you can tell through the content that you put out that you've put a, number one put a lot of thought into it, but also number two, you've considered the audience. Like, like you yeah, really consider what the audience wants to consume and you, and you want to give them that experience. And I, I know like I've repeated myself probably throughout this week about that, but like, I think that's so important. I feel like there's so many people who don't try mm. to put themselves in the audience's shoes and, and think yeah. about, because at the end of the day, that's what all the content that you put out, that's what we're serving. It's about the audience, man. Like if you ignore your audience and what are you really doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you you've built that audience for a reason and you've built a certain type of audience for a reason so if you can't put yourself in that audience's shoes then right away like fundamentally it's flawed um and that is the key and i always say this and i preach this like almost every day at work people are probably tired of it but it's like give the people what they want you got to give the people what they want um and if and if you don't uh and of course there's times when you have a message to relay that might not be what the people want to hear. And if it's an important message, you have to you have to stand strong in that message. Um, but when it comes to sports, though, like sports in and of itself, like you got to give the people what they want. 
Yeah. And, and if you've grown up, you know, um, following sports, loving sports, consuming sports, um, yeah. like you have, I have, a lot of people have, um, that's where I feel like you can draw from those experiences. So if, you know, yes. I, I've been in on the other side before, like I know, you know, things that I want to consume online yeah. and I know things that I want from, from an Instagram account or a Twitter account. So I think it's really important to draw from that. I think that's a good spot to wrap this up. I don't know yeah. if you have anything else you wanted to. No, I just wanted to say, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I want to shout out my team for always like, you know, doing an incredible job and making a lot of things possible, especially the content, like the man, the editors and the graphic designers and the video guys at the score, like they're always pushing out some great stuff and, and, and keeping that consistency alive, which is great. And, and it helps me do my job at a, at a good rate, but also like shout out to people like you and, and people in the industry that are super supportive and that are very like contemporary in their mindset and that understand like the social media wave and understand like the future in this and how important it is to build out these platforms and focus on these audiences because it's really um a big part of what the sports industry is now in my in my opinion yeah. And I think that's a really great last point is, you know, for people getting into the industry, align yourself uh, with people that are like minded in mm -hmm. ways, right, that, that think about content, um, you know, however you want to define it, like in a contemporary way, or, you know, see things the, the way that you do, because like I mentioned, honestly, like, without those people, like, sometimes this industry can, you know, be really discouraging, and really stressful, and knowing mm -hmm. you have people on your side, I think is really important too, especially when you're just getting in and figuring things out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate you, man. And, you know, next time, don't hesitate to reach out when you want me on one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to see you, bro. I'm going to see uh, you. It's, it's good clout to uh, have people self-invite themselves. <laughs> <laughs>